slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody had a good weekend as we uh, head toward a new week. Rough weekend for the Islanders. They lose to the Pittsburgh Penguins 6-3 in Pittsburgh. We'll break it all down for you. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Tough game for the Islanders on Saturday. They lose to the Penguins. They are now... 2-3-2 two, two, uh, against the Penguins. They will close out their season series tonight. And we'll explain what went wrong on Saturday, including why it's not fair to blame uh, Ilya Sorokin, despite the fact that, yes, he did have a poor performance. We've got our Islanders' birthday of the day. We've got the latest on an Islander prospect who is arriving in North America and getting ready to join the franchise. and. We have a full preview of tonight's game against the Penguins, the last chance the Isles have to take on and defeat Pittsburgh during the regular season. So, if there's something Islanders-related that's on your mind, you got a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to discuss, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. If you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and I'll keep you up to date on all the latest news, notes, and happenings concerning your New York Islanders, and I do also live tweet during almost every Islanders game. I, I had to miss Saturday's game, uh, but... I'll be back tonight and hopefully almost every other game to live tweet to give you instant feedback and analysis as to what is happening. So, yeah, Ilya Sorokin, the eight-game win streak is over, and quite honestly, did Sorokin play particularly well in that loss to the Penguins? No, absolutely not. Anytime your goalie gives up four goals when he only faces nine shots, not going to be a good report card. The 556 save percentage does not cut it. But at the same time, when you go back and review the four goals that Sorokin gave up, I would say one, maybe two were, you know, goals he would like to have back. But again, the big issue to me was that the Islanders gave the Penguins too much room to skate through the neutral zone, too much space to operate. And really, for the first couple of periods especially, did not play a typical, disciplined, fundamentally sound, defensively, 
brand of hockey that this team has to play in order to win hockey games. So definitely frustrating. Sorokin is pulled. But look, the kid is human. And, you know, winning eight straight, you almost think, okay, we're putting Sorokin out there. It's an automatic. No, no, no. Everybody has a bad day now and again. This was Sorokin's. No question he didn't play uh, the way he's used to playing. And the key question in my mind is, how does he respond? I don't think this is a, a, a problem or a portent of terrible things to come for Ilya Sorokin by any stretch of the imagination. And if the Islanders are able to get back to playing their style of hockey again, then I think things will work out a lot better. And again, you know, Nick Letty and Ryan Pulak, both minus twos in this game. That didn't help. The defense wasn't particularly sound. And, you know, again, no Michael Dalcole. He was out of the lineup due to an injury. They threw in Kiefer Bellows. Bellows, uh, didn't really do a lot in this game, and you, again, you sort of look at it, the penalty kill was a problem for the Islanders, it, it, it just, they didn't stick to the disciplined hockey that they need to play from top to bottom, and that is bothersome to me, more than the fact that Sorokin happened to have an off game, and, you know, you look at Ilya Sorokin, and what he's been able to to accomplish in the course of this rookie year, and again, I'm not worried about this kid. I'm really not. Now, if he puts together two, three, four bad games in a row, or if he lets in some soft goals when the Islanders are playing solidly defensively in front of him, then I may start to get a lot more concerned about the kid, but right now, I am not worried. Uh, A little bit of good news for the Islanders, and that was Matthew Barzal, and, you know, he got off the schneid, ended the goal drought at 10, scored a goal, added an assist, and that was barely need- badly needed, and Barzal, four shots on goal, and one goal, Eberly, five shots on goal, and a goal in the game, and then another goal for Anthony Bavillier. Again, to their credit, the Islanders not quitting, and Barzi has to feel a lot better after getting that slump out of the way and and breaking the drought. Look, in a 56-game season, you go 10 games without a goal. That isn't what you're looking for, obviously, and it's sort of like the equivalent of maybe a 13-game drought over the course of an 82-game schedule. So thankfully, the drought is over, and hopefully Matt Barzal gets a little confidence back and starts to play more of the hockey we know he's capable of playing. Uh, Still one more game right now without uh, Noah Dobson. We are still waiting to uh, get official word, but we knew he wasn't playing on this three-game road trip. Thomas Hickey, uh, 18-plus minutes in the game Saturday night. He was a plus one uh, and did, again, a commendable job. Three hits. To me, what Thomas Hickey has proven 
over the course of the time that he has stepped in for Noah Dobson while Dobson's been on the COVID list is that Thomas Hickey is still a solid NHL caliber defenseman. Yeah, probably a, a third pair NHL defenseman at this point in his career, but he's reliable, he's solid, he's smart with the puck, and, you know, if teams want a little depth on the blue line, they could do a lot worse than uh, acquiring Thomas Hickey, and if injuries continue to hit the Islanders, Thomas Hickey is more than capable of filling in and filling in well in the future for this team. All right, we've got a lot more to talk about. We'll have the latest on the goalie chef situation as he prepares to make his North American debut. We've got our Islanders' birthday of the day and a look ahead at the game coming up tonight in Pittsburgh. All that and a whole lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. And Built Bar, as you know, is the amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. But now, it's time to find out which Built Bar is the best. Yes, it is Built Bar Madness. And we're getting close. We are getting close to determining who the best Built Bar is. And really, when you think about it, it is all up to you, the customer, to make that decision. I have tried so many of these flavors and one of them is better than the next. It is really tough for me to decide, but what are you going to say? Go to BuiltBar.com, or you can go to Twitter at Built underscore Bar to place your vote each day during Built Bar Madness. And remember, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar ever. Islander fans, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. So, a uh, little bit of Islanders news. Wanted to discuss the latest status of Anatoly Goloshev. And you may remember that the Islanders had signed him to an entry-level contract. They're going to bring him over from Russia. And Goloshev, you know, the plan as of right now is to have the veteran report to the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. And I think that is the absolute right way to go about it. Here is an experienced veteran of the KHL. He has played for Ekaterinburg, Ekaterinburg uh, realistically since 2013. And that's eight seasons uh, in the KHL. He is not a youngster. By any stretch of the imagination, he's 26 years old and, you know, really should be entering the prime of his career. And look, Golishev, his best season was 25 goals in 56 games back in 2015-2016. Remember, the KHL is a little bit of a lower scoring league in general than the NHL, 
But at the end of the day, Golishev seems like the type of player who will be able to add some help to the Islanders offensively once he gets to, uh, you know, used to the North American and NHL game. So the Islanders officially signed Golishev and then loaned him to the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Now, he did not play this weekend with Bridgeport. He is not yet in North America, as far as we can tell. And right now, the Sound Tigers season runs through May 8th. That is the same day the Islanders' schedule was originally supposed to end. And I think the plan would be send Golishev down, let him play in Bridgeport, let him get acclimated to the more narrow rink and the different style and the speed of the North American game, and then make a determination as to whether or not he's ready. I get the feeling that in Bridgeport, he will see top six minutes. He will get to play with some of the better, more skilled players on the Sound Tigers, and they're going to see what this kid is capable of doing. And the thing about Golishev, you know, he's only five foot seven, 187 pounds. He is not the biggest guy on the ice. He's not going to play the Anders Lee physical, get in front of the net and take the punishment from the defenseman kind of a role. But that doesn't mean he can't add scoring depth, skill, and speed to this Islanders lineup. So, you know, I get the feeling maybe he plays at least a couple of weeks, maybe more, down in Bridgeport. And if they feel like he can contribute with the Islanders, depending on what happens at the trade deadline, depending on how he performs in Bridgeport, depending on where the Islanders are at in the standings, then we will see Anatoly Golishev come up to the Islanders. I also get the feeling that in the postseason, he will probably be on the roster one way or the other, and whether or not he actually gets into any games, again, that remains to be seen. But uh, Golishev should be an interesting addition to this organization, and if he isn't able to, to contribute something to the Islanders this year, we'll see what he's able to do next season when they uh, have a full 82-game schedule on the more normal timetable where the season starts in October and runs all the way through April, and then you have the playoffs. So, Golishev, someone to keep an eye on, and of course, we always have our weekly farm report, and we'll keep you up to date when he makes his AHL debut and how he's doing. Now, I mentioned the schedule the NHL announced yesterday that the game last Tuesday that was originally scheduled between the Islanders and the Boston Bruins, that game has been moved to May 10th at 7 p.m. So May 10th now is, that's now the last game for the Islanders. It's two days after the originally scheduled conclusion to the season. And quite honestly, uh, Again, we're, we're in a situation where the Islanders do not have a lot of room to maneuver if any additional games are going to be canceled. So hopefully that does not happen. 
and the uh, Islanders are able to maintain the rest of the schedule as it is laid out. You look at the standings right now, and the Islanders in second place, two points behind the Washington Capitals, but the Capitals still have one game in hand, and the Islanders are two points ahead of the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's the team they play again tonight for the final time this season. So tonight's game becomes an even bigger one for this Islanders club. And of course, we will have a full preview of that game, plus our Islanders birthday of the day, still to come on today's show. Islander fans, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The football season may be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing. March Madness is starting to willow it down as we have reached the Elite Eight. And of course, the baseball season is getting underway this week. Bet online also covers things like awards, TV shows, and reality TV, and they've got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Islander fans, if you're like me and you enjoy fantasy hockey, you can get the upper hand in your fantasy hockey league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues. So follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. So, It's time for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we would like to wish a very happy 57th birthday to former Islanders left wing Richard Crom. Now, Crom was originally drafted by the Calgary Flames in the second round of the 1982 NHL entry draft after a very successful career with the Portland Winterhawks of the Western League in junior He joined the Islanders at the trade deadline in 1985-86 and was a part of the Islanders organization all the way through the 1992-93 season. His best season with the Islanders came in 1986-87. He scored 12 goals and had 29 points in 70 games, was also a big part of the Islanders' playoff run that year, had 14 postseason games for the Isles. Crom, not much of a prolific goal scorer, but he scored a lot of timely goals in his day and was a steady contributor as a two-way forward. We're going to look at one of Crom's better games as an Islander. It's October 16th, 1986 at the Nassau Coliseum. The Washington Capitals come to town and It is Pete Peters in goal for the Capitals, while Billy Smith was in between the pipes for the Islanders. Islanders jumped off to a 1-0 lead on a goal by Pat Flatley just 13 seconds into the game. 
Brent Sutter and Brian Curran with the assist, but the Capitals answered back. An unassisted goal by Lou Francis Getty just a minute and one second later, and then a goal by Larry Murphy from Craig Lachlan and Greg Adams, and it was 2-1 to one Washington. But the Islanders bounce back on the power play with Mikhail Pavanka in the box. Brian Trottier, his first from Dennis Potvin and Richard Crom, tied the game at two. And then Brent Sutter with a shorthanded, unassisted goal, his third of the year. And it was three to two Islanders after the first period. In the second, the Capitals' power play clicked with Alan Kerr in the box for holding. Craig Lachlan, his second from Larry Murphy and Scott Stevens, ties the game at three. But the Islanders bounce back late in the period. Bob Basson gets his first from Gord Deneen. 4-3 Islanders after two. In the third, Miko Makala increases the Islanders' lead 54 seconds into the period. And then Richard Crom, our Islanders' birthday of the day, two quick goals. The first at 159, the second at 604. Dwayne Sutter assisting on the first, Trottier and Dwayne Sutter on the second. A late goal by Mike Gartner got the Capitals a little closer, but at the end of the day, final score, Islanders 7, Capitals 4, and for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Richard Crom, two goals, one assist, and he also had five shots on goal to pace the Islanders in this one. Billy Smith, 24 saves to earn the win, but uh, a three-point game for our Islanders' birthday of the day, Richard Crom, he turns 57 today, and we wish him a very happy birthday and many happy more. Tonight, Islanders, Penguins going at it in Pittsburgh. Last meeting of the regular season between these two teams, and I'll tell you something. This game is becoming more and more important. We talked about the standings. Islanders just two points ahead. If the Penguins win in regulation, they catch the Islanders. If the Islanders win in regulation, they have a four-point bulge over the Penguins, and these two teams will not face each other again for the rest of the season. The Islanders really need to slow down the Penguins' power play. It really was a major factor in the Islanders' loss on Saturday, and they need to combat that. And Sidney Crosby always seems to play his best hockey against the New York Islanders. Jake Gunsel and Brian Rust are his wingers on Pittsburgh's top line. The second line is Zach Aston Reese on the left side, Evan Rodriguez on the second line, and Rodriguez had a good game on Saturday against the Isles. They flank Jared McCann, who is the second line center. Mark Jankowski is the third line center with Colton Sevior and Sam Lafferty on his wings. Frederick Goudreau is the fourth-line pivot with Radim Zahorna and Anthony Angelo flanking him. On defense, Brian Demoulian and Chris Letang are the top pairing. Cody Ceci and Michael Matheson are the second group, while Marcus Pedersen and John Marino are the third group. The goaltending, as you know, Tristan Jarry or Casey DeSmith. Still no Evgeny Malkin, still no... Uh, Teddy Bluger and Brandon Tanev and Kasperi Kaspinen, Kevin Churchman, the former Islander, remains on the IR. But this Penguins team is still dangerous. 
and they proved it Saturday by beating the Islanders 6-3. to It is important that the Islanders at least get a point in this game, but I think here's the thing. A couple of uh, challenges. I get the feeling Varlamov will get the starting goal. I, again, am waiting to see how uh, Sorokin responds to his poor outing on Saturday the next time the Islanders play him in goal. So that's one factor. But the other factor to me is do the Islanders bounce back and psychologically, the fact that the Islanders are 2-3-2 two, and two against the Penguins, or if you look at it from straight wins and losses, two wins, five losses in seven games against Pittsburgh, uh, if you have to face the Penguins in the playoffs later on, you want another win against Pittsburgh just to show the confidence, uh, to boost the confidence level that, hey, we're facing this team and we know we can compete with them and beat them. If you go, you know, two, four, and two, where you only win two out of eight games, that gives Pittsburgh a big boost of confidence if you start talking about a playoff series against the Isles. Also, second place in the division is at stake, and first place isn't that far off for the Islanders. In fact, they could tie Washington in the standings. Again, the Caps would still have a game or two in hand, but whether you're competing for first place or battling for second or third, tonight's game really could make a difference as to how that one plays out. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with an in-depth analysis of tonight's game against Pittsburgh and all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.